little now? Did you raise your hand, Joe? <laughs> I'm picking on you, Joe. <laughs> we give God glory for what we have learned so far in dealing with the teaching. Um, I don't know about you, but um, it's good to know what the Bible um, is saying unto us in the old as well as the new. And it's good to know how um, we still honor the Old Testament, but God has put us up under a better covenant. So tonight, I'm going to go over again. I want to go over um, stewardship. And the reason why I'm bringing this back into the house again is because if you can catch this, it will help you to understand why you should be giving. Because um, we talked about that some people say that the tithe was done away with. So let me go over being a steward again, just a little bit of it. I'm not going to go over a lot. Um, we know that a steward is a believer who manages what God has given unto him or given unto her. So if you're born again, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we are stewards. And God has put um, what he owns into our hands because we have determined that God owns everything. And God has placed what he has what he owns and he has put it up under our care. So that means that we just don't do any and everything with what God placed in our hands. First of all, we go to him. It takes prayer. We go before God with everything that we have, not just money. It's anything that we may have. We place it in God's hands because God has given it unto us. We learn through the word of God that even the gospel, when we are out ministering the gospel, we have to be stewards over the gospel as well because God has placed the good news of the kingdom in our hands and we held responsible for what we give out even concerning the gospel. That's awesome, isn't it? So when it comes to even money, um, we want to make sure that we're being stewards over what God has placed in our hands because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even have the money that we have. We know that the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not the money. God knows that we need money to live here on this earth with, but he don't want money to be our God. He want to make sure that we honor him with everything that we have. And when we honor him first, we're saying, God, you are our source. You are our source. You are our resource. You are everything that we need. So in life, when we put God first, when we're seeking ye first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then the Bible says all these things shall be added unto us. And his righteousness is his way of doing things. It's not our way of doing things. And you have to see yourself as a kingdom citizen. When you see yourself as a kingdom citizen, when you see yourself as sons and daughters of the kingdom, when you see yourself as an ambassador, you know that you get your orders from God. It comes from heaven. It comes from the kingdom. So this is why we seek first the kingdom in everything that we do. And even on our jobs, when we do it um, the kingdom way of doing it, when we live according to the kingdom, everything around us will be operating according to the kingdom. And no, nothing will be missing and nothing will be broken. Amen? Amen? So God owns everything. Genesis 1 determined that. Genesis 50 determined that. Psalms 24 and Psalms 89. So I want to put that out there first and foremost. Then we went over um, the tide up under the Old Testament. We went over several scriptures that talked about um, the tithe in the Old Testament, and it started with um, Abraham. And, and Abraham is talking about how, first of all, Abraham knew God as his source. 
Abraham had a relationship with God because Abraham left everything that he was familiar with. He left his um, dad's house, his father's house. He left his relatives, and he heard God. And when God spoke, Abraham left, and Abraham did not know where he was going. And the Bible says Abraham was mindful of where he was going. Abraham would not even have left. And that's how some of us are. Um, are. If we get mindful of where we were, then we would be leery of going where God is taking us. Amen? So Abraham left, and we see that him and Lot was together. I'm briefly going over this, and maybe I'm doing it for a reason. Um, him and Lot went together, and God didn't tell him to take Lot. So some of us need to let go of these lots in our lives, right? Some people we're still holding on to when God is telling us to let these people go because Abraham, he was determined um, to serve God, to do what God would have for him to do. So we see that him and Lot separated and Abraham gave him a choice. You go left, I go right. You go right, I go left. So we know that Abraham looked up to God as being his source. He was not looking up to himself. He was looking up to God. So we see that Lot, he chose Sodom and Gomorrah. Then there was a battle that went on with um, an attack that come upon Lot and the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham took 300 and some men. And he won that battle in Genesis 14. And, and winning that battle, um, Melchizedek, um, when he met him, the high priest, um, he came in and told Abraham that it was because of God that he won the battle and they had communion together. They began to commune with bread and with wine. So as they were communing together, um, Abraham, he gave him 10% of the spoils that um, Abraham had. Now, the Bible did not say that God asked Abraham to do that. Abraham done that from his heart. It went from Abraham to Jacob. And Jacob, he told the Lord, if, if you bless me the way that you said that you were going to bless me, I'm going to give you 10% of everything that comes into my hand. So we see that Abraham and Jacob was already blessed. So the blessings was already upon them. God had already given them a covenant, and God does not break his covenant. But because of what God had done for them, they were willing to give unto God. And this is a heart thing. This is what I want to talk about is coming from the heart. So we go on further in the Bible when tithing got started. We know it was in Leviticus 27. And those tithes were um, God's tithes, the Lord's tithes. They were set aside um, for the Levites. But remember, they were God's tithes. And God placed those tithes in the hands of those Levites. He was telling them, give to the Levites. They don't have an inheritance. And by them not having an inheritance, not having land, they need something to live by. They're working in the temple, and by them working in the temple, then we want to um, make sure that they're taken care of. So God made sure they were taken care of through the tithe. And we know that those Levites did not leave the temple. But the Levites, when they received the tithe, they gave 10% off of that tithe to the high priest. So they were still honoring God with what was in their hands, and that's what we're supposed to do as well. So we see all of that in the Bible. So we learned about the festival tithes and how that God told them to bring that tithe um, to the place that he would show them. And that tithe was um, stuff that everybody was bringing in, celebrating, worshiping God for what God has already done. Amen? So is everybody through with their tests? 
I'm, I'm talking right. Didn't ask nobody either. <laughs> so we see all the different tithes that was in the Bible. We see that there was a government tithe um, where, you know, the people wanted a king. First Samuel, what, the eighth chapter? They wanted a king because everybody else had one, so that king put things upon them. We see that there was a what? A people's tithe where the people in Nehemiah 10, they were given um, unto the temple. They were still given unto the Levites. Which one did I miss? The third time. The third year time was for who? The poor. So they had to make sure that the poor was taken care of. The Levites were taken care of. The widows was taken care of. So look at this. I want y'all to look at this before I go into what I'm going into next. The reason why I'm putting all this together is to let you see God was not leaving nobody out. God was a giving God. And we as his children should be giving with nobody telling us. Why? Because we got the heart of God. That's the key. You have God's heart on the inside of you. And by you having God's heart on the inside of you and you in relationship and you in covenant with God, nobody should tell you what to do or how to do it. Because when you're in the word of God and you begin to read the word and the word of God begin to get on the inside of you, you you're going to be like God. You're going to be a giver. Just like they were givers in the Old Testament, God put down those laws. He put down those standards because he had to show them that they were in the need of a Savior, that they couldn't keep all this themselves, but he had to lay it down for them. He had to show them their way of living. God was a holy God, so he had to put down laws for them to live a holy life, to live out the character of God. He had to put down laws to show them how to treat one another. He had to put down all of these laws for them to go by. And that's why they had these laws. They had the ceremonial laws, you know, the rituals and all of those laws. They had all of that. Why? Because God said, I want you to know how to live in the land that you're going into because you're going to meet people that are doing things that are not right. But when you come into these land, this, this land and they see how you're living, they're going to know that you serve a holy God. You're gonna, you know, they're going to know God is different from the other gods that they serve. That's what's supposed to be happening to us today, y'all. People supposed to see us as being different. We don't supposed to be like the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. So when we go into the Word and the Word tells us don't, we don't. And guess what? You have the Holy Spirit to help you not to do what you don't supposed to be doing. And that's an awesome thing to have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. So tonight, what I want to talk about... We're going to go into the New Testament, and we're going to talk about what Jesus was teaching dealing with the tithe. First of all, in Matthew 5, 17 through 20, I want to go over that first, and this is what the Word of God is saying. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. Don't think that I have come to destroy, abolish, do away with the law of Moses or the teaching of the prophets. The law and the prophets, referring to the Old Testament. I have not come to destroy them, but to bring about what they said, fulfill and complete them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth are gone, passed away, disappeared, not even the smallest letter, one jot, one iota, the smallest Greek letter, or the smallest part, scroll type of a letter will be lost, passed away, disappear, until everything has happened, is accomplished and achieved. Therefore, whosoever refuses to obey, ignores, breaks, annuls any commandment 
one of the least of these commands and teaches other people not to obey them, to do likewise, will be least important, called considered least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever obeys, keeps, practices the commands and teaches other people to obey them will be considered called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that if you are not more obedient, then unless your righteousness surpasses, exceeds that of the teachers of the law, scribes and Pharisees, you will never or certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I want to start with this um, verse 17. It says, don't think that I have come to destroy, abolish, do away with the law of Moses or the teaching of the prophets. Now, this is what Jesus was saying. You remember people, they always saying, the law is done away with. You no longer up under the tithe. The law is done away with. But remember what Jesus said. I did not come to do away with the law. He said, I'm not going to do away with the law. Whatever is written, it is written. I did not come to do away. I come to fulfill. What Jesus was saying was, the law is the law. Those laws dealing with um, the, those books, what is it? Um, we go from, help me out. The, the Torah, the first five books. He said, I'm not doing away with them. He said, I'm not getting rid of them. They're not null and void. He said, only thing I'm going to do is fulfill what you could not fulfill. So when the law was written, the law was written and God wanted them to keep his standards, his way of living, his way of doing. They couldn't do it. He said, I'm not going to do away with what God is saying. He said, but I'm going to fulfill what you couldn't feel. I'm going to fulfill righteousness. I'm going to fulfill sanctification. I'm going to fulfill justification. I'm going to fulfill all these ceremonial laws. I'm going to fulfill all of this for you because you could not do it yourself. I'm going to fulfill, fulfill it. I'm going to complete it. So that means that any curses due to the law, Anything that's due to the law, due to death, Jesus is going to take that upon himself. He's going to fulfill all of that for us. Dealing with the prophets, the prophecies that they spoke about, the coming Messiah, what was going to happen, Jesus fulfilled all that. And there's still some yet not fulfilled concerning Jesus with his second coming that was spoken. That's not yet fulfilled. So Jesus said, I'm not doing away with the law. I'm fulfilling what you could not fulfill. I'm fulfilling those standards that God required that you could not fulfill. That's what he was saying. So what does that mean to us today? That means that if we did not have the law, especially sinners, the law is not for a righteous person. The law is for sinners. But if we did not have the law, sinners would still be sinners and would not know that they were in the need of a Savior. So you have to have those laws to tell you what not to do because if you did not have those laws, you would think that you didn't need no, nobody's help, that you can do things on your own. That's proven here in Galatians 3.24. It said, so that the law serve to us Jews as our trainer, our guardian, our guide to Christ, to lead us into Christ's king. That we might be justified, declared righteous, put in right standing with God by and through faith. So see, you need the law. So people say, it's done away with. You don't go by the law. But the Bible tells you that the law is what brings you to Christ. The law is what lets you know that you are in the need of a Savior. So it was not done away with. 
Only thing Jesus did was fulfill the requirements that we could not fulfill concerning the law. Like Malachi. Remember it said you're cursed with a curse. Why? Because you robbed God. Jesus fulfilled the curse. You ain't cursed no more. Even though some people don't give like they should be, the curse is not on you. That's where people mess up. See, some ministers want to scare people and say, well, if you don't give, your refrigerator going to break down. Something else going to take it. If you don't give, your car going to break down. But this is why I'm going into this to let you know why wouldn't you want to give when you got God's heart? You up under a better covenant. You don't need these laws now. You have the Holy Spirit as your guide. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is there to unction you, to show you what needs to be seen, to remind you, to testify of Jesus. Now, when Jesus walked and he began to talk about the law and things of that nature, what Jesus did, Jesus let them know, I'm here to fulfill what you cannot fulfill. So when those Pharisees was acting like they was keeping the law and they were doing everything that they're supposed to be doing, Jesus said, now, if you think that those Pharisees are keeping the law and doing what they're supposed to do, you got to exceed, super succeed, even those Pharisees, and they're not even keeping it. So you're not going to be able to keep it. So Jesus said, I'm here to fulfill it for you. So him walking the earth was letting them know, I can live a holy life. I can do what God tells me to do. Jesus didn't miss nothing when he walked the earth. Everything that God required, he done it. And that's what he fulfilled because we couldn't fulfill it. So that's why we have to go through Jesus to get to the Father because we fall short every day in our thoughts. We fall short in our walk, in the way we act, in the things that we say. But because of the blood of Jesus, I can stand before the Father because I'm already blessed. See, this is what you got to understand. Jesus walked the earth to fulfill what we could not fulfill. So he was letting people know. That's why when you go in the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter, he was doing the B um, attitudes. When he was doing that, he was letting you know, bless those who curse you. Come on, who want to do that? Jesus fulfilled that. Love those who hate you. Jesus fulfilled that. So everything that Jesus was telling us, he knew that we couldn't do ourselves. He knew that he had to take that upon himself. And by us taking on him, guess what? It's fulfilled. And God see him and he don't see us. So this is what he was telling them, dealing with, I have come not to do away with the law. I have come to fulfill the law, to make it complete. Jesus was the only one that could do it because he who knew no sin became sin for us. So we can become the righteousness of God. So let's talk about Jesus talking about the tithe. The first time Jesus was talking about it, it was in Matthew 23. Let's look at Matthew 23, verse 23. I'm reading out this expanded version again. Matthew 23, verse 23 says, How ter terrible for woe to you, teachers of the law, scribes and Pharisees, you are hypocrites. You give to God one-tenth of, pay tithe on everything you have, even your mint, your deal, your deal, and cumin. I think it's cumin? Cumin. But you don't obey, ignore, neglect the really important teachings, the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and being loyal, faithful, faithfulness. These are the things you should do as well without neglecting those other things. 
Now, this is what people say, and they use to say, tithes haven't been done away with. But, and I used to use this scripture to say, tithes have not been done away with. But this is what Jesus was doing. Jesus was still up under the law. Jesus hadn't died yet. So he come to fulfill the law. So he wasn't leaving the law out. He was not telling them not to pay their tithes because the law was still in effect. Because Jesus was still alive. Okay? So Jesus was telling those Pharisees, yes, you should pay your tithes. But you're still not fulfilling the other part of the law. So you still ain't fulfilled it. So you need me. That was the purpose of that scripture. So we can't even use that and say, pay your tithes. Because Jesus is saying, pay your tithes. But I'm going to bring it out even the more next week. But this is why Jesus done this, to let the Pharisees know you ain't even keeping the law. The only way the laws can be kept is me, through me. You doing this part, paying your tithes, but you're still leaving the other part out, so you still ain't keeping the law. So that's why Jesus bought that there, that scripture. And that can be found in Luke eleven forty two as well. So that's why Jesus bought it out that way. He was letting them know, you letting people think you're doing one thing, but you can't keep another. So he was still showing them, you need me as your Savior. How many times did they reject Jesus? So many times. Jesus was showing them, I'm here to fulfill what you can't fulfill, and you rejected me. So this is what he was talking about here. Let me give you another scripture. Go to Matthew 17, 24 through verse 27. Matthew 17, 24 through 27. When Jesus and his followers, they came to Capernaum, the man who collected the temple tax, and this was an annual tax paid to support the temple, they came to Peter, they asked, does your teacher pay the temple tax? Peter answered, yes. Now why would Peter answer yes if he didn't know whether or not Jesus did it? He knew Jesus did because the law was still in effect. So Jesus is not going outside the law. Jesus is going to honor the law that God put down. He's going to fulfill it. Peter went into the house, but before he could speak, Jesus said unto him, What do you think? From whom do the kings of the earth collect different kinds of taxes, tributes, tolls, or taxes? The king's children, own people, citizens, or others, foreigners, perhaps tribute paid by defeated nations. Peter answered, Other people pay the tax from others. Jesus said to Peter, then the children, people, citizens of the king don't have to pay taxes, are exempt free. But we don't want to upset, offend these tax collectors. Now listen to Jesus. So go to the lake and a fish, throw out your hook. After you catch the first fish, open his mouth and you will find a coin. And he said, take that coin and give it to the tax collectors for you and for me. So look at this. Jesus was not going outside the law. The temple tax had to be paid. And this is, too, what was happening in the temple. They were gambling. They were doing stuff that they didn't supposed to do. But Jesus still honored what God put forth. Jesus didn't go outside of what God said. Even though there were hypocrites, those Pharisees, saying and doing things they shouldn't do, Jesus was keeping what God told them to keep when he walked the earth. So he told Peter, he pay those temple tax. Pay it for me and pay it for you. So this is what Jesus was doing. He was fulfilling the law, but he didn't get rid of the law. He was still obeying what God required of him because Jesus was born up under law. Yet without sin. Y'all get it? Mm -hmm. Is it coming alive? Mm -hmm. So when you understand.
and rude people. We don't supposed to debate over tithes. And I'm going to tell you this. If somebody feels in their heart that they want to keep paying 10% and they don't feel like they under any obligation, but this is where their heart is, to keep paying 10%, it's not for you to judge them. If that's where their heart is, leave them alone. As long as they don't feel like, oh, Lord, if I don't pay exactly 10%, I'm cursed. If you feel in that way, then you done messed up anyway. Then you got to keep the law. You put yourself back under the law. We should not be obligated in the body of Christ. It's a heart thing. It's not trying to be obligated. And, and one thing that I love now is when you pass, you know how sometimes they'll pass around a little offering plate. And you got somebody sitting beside you and you already took out your dollar. And you know that's what you were going to pay, that little dollar, right? But to you, it's a big dollar. But, you know. And somebody beside you, they're doing a $100 bill. And y'all talk all the time about how good God is. And you look, and they done doing a hundred dollar bill, and you like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, I got to do better than that. You know you were gonna pay the dollar, pay the dollar. Mm -hmm. See, that's paying up under what? Compulsion. You you paying up under what? What is the scripture? Don't pay up under. Let me find. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Help me out, man. Do the wrong. It's in the book of Corinthians. I'm getting ready to find it. Grudgingly. Grudgingly. Of necessity. Uh-huh. So see, that's what happens when these little collection plates go around and somebody sees somebody outdo them. And this is too what can happen with us. When we're doing things and we're doing it from the heart, and somebody sees somebody paying less than what they pay, they feel like, uh-oh, I got up my game. They're looking at what I'm putting in this paper. So I just don't want to give anything or you take it and tuck it in your hand and say him. Because you're ashamed. Why be ashamed if it's coming from your heart? See, this is what's wrong with the body of Christ. I don't want nobody to see what I'm giving. If it's coming from your heart, you shouldn't have no shame in your game. Right? Mm -hmm. So this is how we should be looking at things. We should, it should be from the heart. So we see that Jesus told Peter, he said, we don't want to offend them. He said, so we want to pay these temple taxes. Y'all, that's like what? The government tax and all of that. But this was the temple tax. They had things that was needed for the temple. You know, different things. So Jesus said, let's pay it. Now, if he paid this, then Peter knows Jesus is still upholding this, even though it's ruled by somebody that should be ruled by, did he not obey he did what he needed to do. Here's another scripture in Mark 12. Go to Mark 12, verse 13 through 17. Mark 12. And this is what Jesus is saying again. Later, the Jewish leaders sent some Pharisees and Herodians, a political group that supported King Herod and his family, Herod and his family, to Jesus to trap, catch him and saying something wrong. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are an honest man, true, honest, sincere. You're not afraid of, concerned about what other people think about you because you pay no attention to who they are, play no favorites, are impartial, unswayed by appearances. And you teach the truth with sincerity and honesty about God's way. Tell us, is it right, permissible, lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or not? Saying yes would anger Jews who hated Roman rule. Saying no could result in being charged 
with insurrection, insurrection. They gave Jesus a coin and he asked, whose image, portrait, and name is on the coin? They answered Caesar. And this is what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to them, give, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and give to God the things that are God's. They were amazed at what Jesus said. Jesus was still talking about earthly kingdom and the heavenly kingdom. He said, whatever belonged to the government, give it to the government. Whatever belonged to God, give it to God. If Caesar name, Caesar pictures on that coin, whatever's due to Caesar, you give it to Caesar. So Jesus answered correctly. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus was still looking at the law. And he was telling them, you want to honor the laws that they have. But whatever belongs to God, belongs to God. Whatever God tells you to do, that's what you should be doing. So Jesus was not leaving anything out. See, they wanted to trap Jesus. But Jesus, he already knew what they were trying to do. So let's look at it this way. When you see a stop sign, what are you supposed to do? Stop. Sometimes we don't. We, we don't come to a complete stop. We roll through. Right? When you see a yield sign, what are you supposed to do? Slow down. Yield. Slow down. You're supposed to yield, right? But sometimes we just shoot on through. We're not obeying. Is that a law? Those are laws of the land. When we get on our 40 and the, and the speed limit say, what is it, 70? 70. We go 80 and 90. Are we breaking the law? Yeah. Come on, y'all. I try to go three miles over. I'm still breaking the law. It says 70, 70, 70. I can't justify because you go 80 and I go 73. I'm better than you. No. That's the law of the land, right? So if a state trooper stop you, what you stopping me for? Because you was going over the speed limit. I know my rights. I ain't going under three miles over the speed limit, so why are you stopping me? So this is what I'm saying. We have to obey the law of the land. That's the earthly laws, but we also have spiritual laws that God give us as well. And so we have to honor God with the laws that he has given us. They have not been done away with because we still supposed to be living holy lives. When we know who we are in him and we have a heart of God, we live according to kingdom, not according to the world. And the closer you get to him, you don't want to live according to the world. And this is why church folks are, are out of sync with the kingdom. Because we spend more time with the world than we spend with the kingdom. And the more time you spend with the world, you're going to act like the world. It's going to become normal to you and you think you're okay. But when you get into the word of God, the word of life, you begin to really know that's not who I am. That's not who God created me to be. God told me to love those who hate me, bless those who curse me. Then you have a change of heart, a change of mind, and you turn around from what you're doing and you turn towards God. This is how it works. We can't do it by ourselves, y'all. You can't give into the kingdom by yourself. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we were selfish before we had um, come to God, before we were part of the kingdom. It was all about us. But when you become a part of the kingdom, the kingdom become a part of you. You don't have a problem releasing your hands when people ask. If you flinch when somebody's asking you for something, or if thoughts come in your head, I ain't giving nothing else, and I gave all I got. What more do you want? My telephone bill ain't paid. My light bill ain't paid. My children want shoes, and here you are asking for hardcore. What's wrong with you? That ain't God's heart. That's not. So that tells you where you are when you have those 
type of thoughts. This is why you got to take a walk through the living word. This word here will give you some life. It will breathe life into you when, when you don't have, look like you don't have enough and you still give it from the little that you have. You say, God, I know that was you. That wasn't me. That was you, God, and I feel good about it. I'm not worried about where my next meal coming from. I'm not worried about if somebody give me anything back. You don't give to get. See, people trying to give to get. Where if I give, God's going to bless me. You already blessed. You give because you got a heart to give. That's what the Bible said. For God so loved the world that he gave. And you looking up to a father that's a giver. And you got the same characteristics as your father. So that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be givers. So next week we're going to go over it a little bit more. So we understand that Jesus was still up under the law. In those scriptures, he was born up under the law. He was still honoring the laws of God. He didn't go outside that law. He just fulfilled that law. So that way, if we're in him and he's in us, every standard, every way of living was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. This is why we want to live a holy life. Because we are holy because of him and not because of us. Amen? So, everybody understand that much? Mm -hmm. To God be the glory. I want to say this. Um, I was talking about the Holy Spirit and how good the Holy Spirit is. Do anybody in here recognize, do everybody recognize that you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Ghost, you have the power of God on the inside of you that anytime you need some help and you call on him and you wait on him and Seek him because you humbling yourself. You're not full of pride because you just don't know. Have you ever been on the spot? I just don't know, God. I ain't trying to figure it out. I'm not trying to work it out because I have a helper that's supposed to be helping me. So, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I can't do this by myself. Have you ever been in that situation where you just waited on the Holy Spirit? Or have you ever asked for the Holy Spirit help and you lying to yourself and you still trying to do it and asking him for help and won't let him to help you? And this is the scene that I'm seeing. Help me, Holy Spirit. Then when the Holy Spirit get ready to help you, you push him out the way and say, I got it. Push him right out the way. I got it. I know what I'm doing. I got it now. But you didn't give him the opportunity to help you. This is what I want to say about the Holy Spirit, how good he is. Remember I told y'all Sunday that the speakers up here, they said it was something wrong with these speakers. And um, we had a gentleman in here. The gentleman told us that the voice calls and all four of these speakers was gone. If you were here last Tuesday, it sounded very distorted, right? Did y'all hear that distortion? It just didn't sound good at all. Some people may not have paid attention, but when you know sound, and how it's supposed to sound, you know something is just not right. And the funny part was, Jennifer was over there and I was over there and the music got turned on and I looked at Jennifer, Jennifer said, <laughs> so I called in office <laughs> to explain what was going on. See, when you know sound, you know when something is wrong. So in between all of that, when we had gotten the news, I knew those speakers were new, we just got them, had them for six months. I knew the cost of those speakers, but y'all, I was at so much peace when he told me, because he told me what had happened to the speakers and the cause of what had happened. So I had shared it with some um, people dealing with the cause, but then it hit me. The Holy Spirit began to talk to me, and the Holy Spirit let me know, call those people back and let them know, before I make this announcement and tell them what the cause is, I'm not going to put 
that individual outlet like that because I don't feel right. I'm getting a nudging in my spirit. I would not dare do that. So I, I sat there and I was praying and I said, Lord, show me what to do. Show me how to do it because this just is not right. I don't believe it's, it's that. Something has changed. So long story short, um, um, another um, company, Apostle was telling me about this girl who's a sound engineer. And I said, okay, I'd rather get a second opinion because I don't feel right. I don't want to tell the church about a certain individual because I don't put people out there like that and I don't think it's that. So when we brought them up in here, they brought all their equipment up in here, y'all. This is the funny part. Have y'all ever seen um, the uh, Portu Portuguese? Y'all remember how they were coming in trying to detect ghosts? Oh, yeah. Brother Willie, me and my husband was in here and they setting up their equipment. They set little speakers out and you can hear these little noises. I told my husband, I said, don't it sound like Ghostbusters up in here? <laughs> it did, didn't it, Brother Willie? They just turning stuff up, looking at little stuff and seeing the frequencies and all this stuff. And I'm like, what the world going on? But anyway, they was trying to determine what was going on with the speakers and everything. My husband got the ladder out. They all up here listening. And they finally told me, they said, well, it is something going on with your speakers. You're going to have to ship them back, da 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 But I still had a nudging in me. So I went back in that sound booth when they went back there, and she was saying, yeah, you know, you're going to have to send them back. Okay, I said, mm-hmm. So I looked at her, I said, uh-uh, uh-uh. I said, my speakers were okay until something switched. And she said, normally, no, when you switch stuff out, that's normal. That, that don't happen. I said, uh-uh. Something switched up in here, and that's what happened. She said, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll switch it back like it was, but they weren't the one that switched it. We'll switch it back like it was, and we'll see. I come out the bathroom, they had switched it back. Her husband coming down the aisle, and he's sniffing at me. He said, your speakers are fine. It's Holy Ghost good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I could have went on, let's ship them back. And be done with it. But the Holy Ghost still was nudging. No, 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 no. This is what we're going to do. The speakers are fine. Praise God. So what am I telling you guys? You need to hear the Holy Spirit. He's your helper because I believe we mess up so many things in our lives by getting anxious. I believe we throw away money by getting anxious. Because sometimes when the Lord is saying, leave that there. Don't bother that right now. Leave that alone. Leave it alone. There's a reason for that. It may be that you feel like you can handle it at that time, but the Lord is saying, uh-uh. I want you to wait on me. I don't want you to touch that. I want you to put that aside. Listen to the Spirit, because you never know what could occur when it's going to occur. And I'm reminded of something. I have to get permission for this person to... Um, do this. I don't know if they would mind or not, but do you come up here? I'm going to whisper something in your ear and see if you share it. Come up here for a second. She's like, oh, oh, what possible? <laughs> I have to get permission and let her tell <laughs>
down to them. <laughs> so, but you can tell them if you remember it. I just don't. No, I want you to remember it. So that way, it will, it, you will understand this. But this is what I'm saying. When the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something, you may not understand why at the time. But when you listen to him and wait, you will understand. I gave you an example with Apostle. When I was teaching one Sunday, the Holy Spirit told her to go to the um, ATM before she uh, came to ch come to church. And she didn't know why, but she got out when God told her to give out. And when I was doing the teaching, God told her, lay down on the pulpit. She didn't know. I didn't ask for it. But he prepared her for what he wanted her to do. So this is how our hearts goes to be our open. The Holy Spirit wants us to have hardened hearts. If you have a hardened heart, you cannot hear God clearly. You're not going to be free in your giving. You're not going to be free in helping people with your time. You're not going to be free in the kingdom because your heart is so hard. And you're so stuck on how I'm going to make it or what I'm going to do with what I have that you cannot give like God wants you to give. Anything that you give, your time, your resources, your money, God ain't going to let you be without because you're kingdom. He's not going to let you be without anything that you need because he loves you just that much. He said, if I have given you my son, how much freely will I give you what? All things. All things. All things. You remember that? No, but I'm going to tell you this testimony. Okay, go ahead. Because it's kind of like the same thing. Um, well, it's really Renee. You don't care about your own. That's like Sunday, I had to pay some money, and the Lord had told me how much money to pay. And I, I didn't mind paying the money, but I have to make sure that I just want to make sure I heard the Lord because I didn't want it to be about me. Like, Lord, what do you want me to pay? And so when I was sharing it with Manny, and I said that I was telling him that I have to be obedient in life. The Lord ain't never steered me wrong, you know, when I'm obedient, when he say pay, pay this, I'll pay it. And so, um, was that yesterday? So that was Sunday. So then yesterday, Manny had called me, and he was like, um, where you going? And I was like, I'm at Walmart. And he was like, I just called and told you one thing. I thank you for your obedience. Because <laughs> man, a man turned around and blessed him yesterday with what we had paid out. Jesus. So I don't need to already met through who? Jesus. 
That's why when the Holy Spirit tells us to do something, we may not understand why we're doing it. But we just do it out of obedience because we know we're already taken care of. Because who are we? Kingdom citizens. And God backs up his word. So we should be at peace knowing that every need that we have is already Amen. 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 Do we have any announcements before we 